to On the Block with Stricken Bach on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Yay, yay. Yo, so it could have been uh, Bruce did have practice. Um, He he did say that he would be able to make it. Um, You know, that's what happens sometimes if if you're in a losing streak or something's going on. It could be very possible that he got held up. Uh, We're going to try to call him and reach out. Oh, okay. Hey, Bruce Chubbick. L, what's going on, my guy? (laughs) Can you hear us? Looks like we're still having problems with the we have technology, impro- maybe there. <laughs> Can you hear us, Bruce? Yeah, yeah, he's having. We can't. Here. We can't hear Bruce. Uh, Bruce, we're gonna get. We're gonna. We're gonna send you the number to call. We can't hear you. Are you? Are you? Are you? Can you hear us? I don't think he can hear us. <laughs> he can't hear us. So, so we're gonna give you the number to call in. Send Bruce. Um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna put the number for Bruce. In the um, in the text thread, okay, and give him a call. We're gonna tap him in that way. Yeah, technology always uh, always a factor here <laughs> at times, but uh, we'll we'll have Bruce Chubbuck here with us in just a second as we can see him. We just can't hear from him quite yet. I will uh, I'll get that number over to Big Sky and I'll be right back. Okay, Strick. Yeah. Right. So in, in turn, I'll just give a little bit of information about Bruce before he comes on. Some of that, uh, Bruce was my former teammate there at Nebraska. I was a sophomore when Bruce Chubbick um, was there with me. Well, actually, he was a sophomore, and um, I was a freshman when I came in. He was a junior. So at that point, we, um, we got an opportunity to play together, to grow together. Bruce was a phenomenal, uh, hard-nosed, passionate, loved and bled Husker Red he was just recently, um, well, actually, he was a West Holt, Axon West Holt uh, star there. He's eighth in scoring all time with over 2,300 points for the state of Nebraska. Um, Bruce also <clears throat> was a two-time Super State selection. Bruce was the Nebraska Gatorade Player of the Year in 1989. He was a two-time state, play, <laughs> state placer. In the high jump as well, which is phenomenal at 6'7 to be able to do that. A four-year letterman at the University of Nebraska. He played professionally for eight years overseas. Also played for the the former CBA Omaha Racers. He won a state championship both as a player at West Halt and also as an assistant coach with his father there at South High in uh, 2016 and 2019 for the South High Packers. So, did we were we able to get him? Yeah, he should be there. Bruce, you there? Yes. Can you guys hear me? Okay. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, I just gave a a, a super breakdown on your historic arise out of Atkinson West Hall. 
a little, 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 little history. Also, me and Bruce, um, back in the day, you know, you had, used to go to the uh, the university and you take your team. We had what they call team camp. So we would we would take our little Bellevue West team down there, and you know, we weren't very big. We didn't have the size, but you know, Stricky had to at times, whenever I could, had to guard poor Bruce Chubbick that uh, try to be physical as I could. He was so doggone strong and big as a high school player. And, uh, but we happened to still pull that out, man. We happened to get a win. I, I, and it was because I went at your boy, what was his name, Pacheco, or what was his name? Peacock, Chris Peacock. Peacock, yeah. <laughs> I, I had to get that Peacock. I had, to, I had to slow him down a little bit. I couldn't let Bruce Chappell get the ball all the time in the post and just dominate us like that. So we was able to win the little, uh, the little, the little tournament down there in high school. So that was my first time. That was the first time I got an opportunity to to, to look at Bruce Chubbuck in the eyes. He was a phenomenal player for us as a Husker. Uh, he reminds me so much of what what Derek Walker does for us uh, at the Huskers right now. Where, but Bruce would compete. I mean, one of the greatest feats Bruce I saw of you is in the Big Eight tournament, and actually through the whole season. But in the Big Eight tournament, where you took the challenge against Big Country Reeves. And you stared him in the eye and you said, you know what? It's just going to be a long night for you, big fella. I mean, you're going to be able to try to do what you can do, but we're going we're gonna to compete. I'm going to battle you. And we ended up getting the victory, winning our first championship there. So how's things going right now for you, man? Good, real good. Um, team, team South High has, has a little ways to go. We're, it's kind of a, a work in progress. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can get where we want to, want to get by the end of the season but you know how it is it's it's steps in the right direction usually uh you know especially with the team that's still not that experienced you don't start out the year kind of where you're going to finish it it's a it's a gradual growing process and you know we've had some growing pains and i'm hoping that we can iron that out and uh finish up january good and have an even better february so tell us, Bruce, uh, what are your thoughts on this year's Huskers team? You've had a chance to be very close. Uh, you've watched even from afar. You've watched internally, externally uh, the program over the years. What do you think about the the talent level on this particular team? What do you think are some of their uh, their issues that they're experiencing right now? And do you think they can get it turned around? Well, um, I got to say, you know, I, I've never doubted Fred Hoiberg, I think he's he's got ability enough to coach, and his staff has got ability enough to coach to get them where they need to be. Um, what I see, and you know, maybe you agree, maybe not, but what I see is that occasionally we have a few guys that I think think defense is optional, and it's not. If you want to win in the Big Ten, defense is not an option. It's everybody must play defense. The other thing that I see that I think, you know, sometimes we lack is that uh, lacking the knowledge of the game, game, game management, time score. You know, uh, sometimes the shot is not necessarily a bad shot, but it's not the shot that you need at that moment. If you haven't scored in four minutes, maybe you don't want to take the first shot after you cross half court with no passes. I mean, that's just – you know, that's the, the coach in me coming out as a player. I just said, yeah, coach, I was open. But <laughs> as a coach, you go, no, <laughs> that's not what we want right now. And sometimes I, I don't see that, you know, we're, we're, we're coming to the 
to the right decision, just not making good in-game decisions at times. And the coaches can talk it, talk it, talk it, talk it. But until the players actually buy in and that's and they and they know that that's what it's going to take to be able to win the game, it's hard to get things changed. Do you think that they just maybe, you know, it's kind of been said before because now they're 0-8 in Big Ten play. Do they just need to taste victory to kind of know how to get there? Is is, is there something in that? As as like you said, you, you've moved on to the coaching level. You, you remember as a player, I'm probably having teams struggled before. Um, is there something about learning how to win and then once you cross that barrier, you might be able to string a few together? Oh, yeah, I definitely think that basketball – Games and basketball seasons are a lot about momentum. Um, I heard Fred, I can't remember where it was at the other day, but he said, you know, you hate to make excuses, but I really feel like if we could have won that game on the road against North Carolina State, we build a little confidence off of that, and maybe we win not all of the games, but at least we win some of the games that we've been close and just haven't been able to finish the deal in. And I agree. That's that's. There's probably some merit to that. Um, you know, the games that have not been close, I don't know that those would have come out that much different the way that they were played. Um, basketball is a weird game, though, uh, and Strick knows this because he played it at the highest level. But the higher level you play, um, I remember a game in the CBA where we went up to Sioux Falls and got rocked by, I think it was literally 39 points came back to Omaha like three nights later and beat them by 17. And so, you know, you get a little bit of that weirdness that the game has where, you know, team team can close their eyes and throw it behind their back and it's going to go in one night. And the next night they come out and they're not going to hit anything. You know, it's just, and some of it is, you know, what are you doing defensively to stop them? But some, some nights, especially the higher level you go, you're guarding guys, you're in their face, and they're just knocking them down because, you know, there are a lot of nights where good offense beats good defense. Yeah, absolutely, Bruce. Uh, Once again, man, congratulations on your 2021 Hall of Fame. Uh, You and your father went in in the same year. That's I think that's phenomenal. What were your thoughts about that, man? How did you feel about, you know, getting inducted in the time and the effort and all of the passion that you played with as a player was being recognized by the state of Nebraska. How did you feel about that? It was it was very cool. It was very cool going in with my dad, too. I think it's only happened uh, one or two other times. I know Scott Frost went in with his dad, and I want to say I can't remember if Bill Olson and Greg Olson went in. They're both in. I don't know if they went in at the same time, but they're both in. I think that's the only other father-son combination uh, that's ever been in. So, you know, obviously heck of an honor. And, um, you know, the, the, uh, I've often wondered if I, if I didn't run track, would I have gotten in at all? Cause there are a lot of guys who are good basketball players that aren't in, you know, and, and may not get in. And so, um, you know, I ran track. I actually medaled three years. I got third tied for third. My freshman year got second, my sophomore and junior year, uh, dislocated my shoulder my senior year and couldn't jump, so I long jumped and got second in that, but the kid who beat me was not eligible. So technically, I'm the gold medal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm the gold medal recipient without a gold medal. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. But that's, 
that's fair because I didn't beat the kid. He beat me. He just wasn't eligible by the rules. So, you know, it is what it is. Oh, I did want yeah, to ask. I, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I, did I have one ask, more question after that. Okay, yeah, I just wanted to ask real quick um, because I, I know that you coach at the high school level and it's been kind of a, of a talk and, and maybe more momentum toward getting the shot clock at the high school level in Nebraska. Um, is that something that you think – affects the game as it is now that there is no shot clock or, or have most players and in, 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 in teams and schools just kind of adjusted to what modern basketball is and tried to play as if there were kind of one anyway? Um, I, I think it depends. I think it's more game, game to game basis. Mm. We played with it in the, in the Metro tournament against Burke. And I think the shot clock went off one time the entire game. So, and even then, I think it was Burke that had an expire on him, and they were about to get a shot anyway. They were just about a second too late. And it, and it was within the flow of the offense. It wasn't a, a deal where they were going to shoot it up just to avoid the shot clock running out. They actually were coming. So I think pe- people make a big deal out of it, but I don't think most of the games it probably matters that much. But you do have some teams who get – very deliberate with their um, with their game plan because they know that that's what they have to do to compete. And at the end of the day, you know, you're trying to win games. If you have to slow down the game to, to win the game, you're going to do what you have to do. So I wouldn't mind it see, see, seeing it come in because I think it, it would eliminate some of those situations. You can't really use that as a tactic. You have to come up with something else, but, uh, you know, I do. I think it affects ninety percent of the games. I don't. I think that a thirty-second shot clock. Most teams are shooting within thirty anyway. But there are those games once in a while that you know a team's going to run an, a minute and twenty seconds off the clock before they squeeze a shot. Nobody really loves to see those, but you know it is what it is. Like I said, if that's the only chance you think you have to win a game, you're going to do what you have to do. Yeah, one last question before we let you go. We know it's been a long day for you, and, and we, we thank you for taking your time on joining us on, on the block with Strick and Bach, but there's a player there at Nebraska that has some similar qualities to you and that he definitely has some heart. He's willing to battle. He will attack. Um, he's shooting dang near 70% from the field. Um, so my question to you, and, and you did kind of mention it in the past where we talked about the Pennsylvania game and where we – like Nebraska, we're tossing up threes. We're three for 20, but yet we felt like we needed to continue to shoot it. And uh, when they were a very small team, we didn't take advantage of that. I think in this team, Derek Walker is is in, is is an undersized, you know, big man in center that he's playing a position out of position. And um, how do you think they could use him better? And also, do you, do you, um, do you think that um, – they're they're doing a disservice by not using him more. Ooh, good question. Um, I think watching the game against Indiana the other night, um, I thought that the offense actually looked better when they when they involved both posts more. I thought Andre came in and did a nice job too. And I know um, was the game the game before that. Who was the game before that? I was listening to Kent and uh, uh, I was, I was listening to the radio broadcast. I was on my way to get uh, pizza and 
was listening to it, and they said that Andre had not started out too well, and that's why he wasn't playing more. But I thought the other night it was Purdue. It was Purdue, and they had big boards on Purdue. Yeah. Well, yeah, and granted, those two are two of the best big guys in the entire country, not just the conference. But I mean, you know, to me, the offense looks better when the bigs are getting a touch because. You know, we want to be a perimeter shooting team. Well, how do you get more open perimeter shots? By taking the ball inside and establishing your big guys as a threat. If the big guys, if they have to send a second guy to double team the big guy, what happens? The perimeter guy all of a sudden has an open shot instead of one he's forcing over a guy when he's not very open. And I just think, you know, Walker, I've I've liked what I've seen out of him. He He does a nice job of taking it up strong inside. Um, little under, I think he's a little bit, at least he seems like he's a little bigger than I was when I, when I played that he's taller yeah. for sure, but I think he might Six, be nine. a little bit more. Yeah. yeah he, he might be put together a little bit better than I, than I was too. I don't know. Um, but no, I, I see some similarities. I actually made that comment to somebody that I thought, you know, he, he reminded me of myself a little bit and you know, that's, uh, you know, good, good a good strong inside guy that's going to do what nobody else wants to do. And I think, you know, um, for him, yeah, he's getting stuck guarding bigs, but he's, he's battling, you know, when they didn't, they're not coming down and double teaming when he's guarding Edie the other night, I'm like, Oh boy, I don't know about that one though. That'd be like you guys leaving me out to dry. Uh, when I'm trying to guard big country, I had some help, you know, yeah. Um, that that would that would have been a tough ask ask to say, hey Bruce, you're six seven, he's seven feet, three hundred pounds, but go ahead, you're gonna you're gonna match up one on one with him, and we're not even gonna drop down and help once in a while. Just see what you can do. All right. Yeah, that's tough. <laughs> Facts. He's Bruce Chubbick, and thanks you, Bruce, for joining us on the block again, man. Congratulations for your 2021 Hall of Fame inductee. Uh, also the wonderful things that you're doing with them young men up there at South High. We appreciate your time. We hope that you'll come back and join us again sometime in the near future. You bet. I appreciate it. Thanks, Trick. Thanks. All right. Have a good night, guys. Yeah, All right. On the block, we'll come back right after this. We're going to hit the hardwood with Strick right after this on On the Block with Strick and Bach. <laughs> 